right, let's do that for Jesus, author and finisher of our faith. Amen. It's so good to be here on Memorial Day weekend. This is a weekend that reminds us like everything has a value, everything has a cost, right? Like what we get to experience in this country, what we get to experience in our family and homes and even in our church world, like it, everything has a value. Somebody paid for it up front, and I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for this house. I'm thankful for you. And to all of our first-time guests, one more time, let's give our first-time guests a hand. And I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking, can you wear four different blues at the same time? Well, obviously you can, all right? So we're working that out. Um, we are going to lean into a message today that's going to Kind of, uh, kind of catapult us into this summer. We're calling it best summer ever because we're going to be leaning into the best marriages ever, best faith ever. We're going to see God do some amazing things. We're asking you to lean in this summer. We're launching our Saturday night service. So we'll still have our three Sunday morning services, but we're adding our Saturday night, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Next weekend, we got baptisms. They're not in here. They're out in our Connect Center. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to just have a lot of fun celebrating, getting the summer started right, and we want you to be a part of it because we're family, and we just feel like when we gather together, we have fun. It's a little dysfunctional, but it's a lot of fun, and uh, so we're kicking it off next weekend in Jesus' name. Yeah. All right. I want to dive right in. I want to dive right into uh, today's message, and I'm just calling it next. And as you know, like we're a church that helps people take their very next step in following Jesus, whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you. We just believe that God has a next step for you. And so in this message, like in the next, you know, hour and a half, two hours of teaching, I just want you to, I'm just kidding, next 30 minutes of teaching, I want you to think about and ask this question, Lord, what is my next step? What is my next step? Amen. So that's the question today. Matthew chapter 18, 19 through 20 says this. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Such a powerful verse. We've heard it. We've quoted it. We've, we've sang about it. But I want to talk about next, next. What does next look like? Heavenly Father, we, we open our hearts, our spirits to you, Lord. Speak to us. Let your word fall into good ground and bring forth much fruit. We thank you for this family. We thank you for this weekend. We thank you for great weather. We thank you for letting the Warriors win the championship in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. That was a little prophetic. I felt it when I said it. All right, so a couple things. Uh, number one, like, I, I just got a, came back from a trip from Peru, and it was an amazing trip, and I know some of you are asking, did you eat the guinea pig? I did not eat the guinea pig, all right? I'm not a vegetarian, but I did not eat the guinea pig. It was, like, the thing, all right? But we did have, we did have a lot of, like, nuances, different people uh, on the trip from, from all over the West Coast on Compassion International trip. It was awesome. I'll be telling you more about that in the future, but... Um, what I found is everyone has these kind of crazy nuances and complexities to them. When you're in, in a bus, you know, we're eight planes, two trains, and six buses together in seven days. And you find out all the little idiosyncrasies and nuances about people. And, and I appreciate people, and I appreciate their complexities. But, like, there's some people who are so complex, you can't even ask them, like, hey, can I grab you a coffee, Right. Because these are what we call a PCD. They're picky coffee drinkers. Have you ever met one of these people before? Like, 
like, it's not just like, I want a coffee and some cream. Like, it's like, hey, I want a risotto. I want it to be upside down. I want soy foam. I want it to have, can you just put a little smidgen of nutmeg on there, please, and some organic raw sugar and local honey? I'm like, no, I will get you coffee, put cream in it, and shake it so you'll have some bubbles. That is it, right? And you meet these people, like, you can't even, like, ask them for the coffee because it's going to be so complex. Or in and out Like, my kids become really bad because now they know the secret menu, and they're real picky about how many pickles. Like, who's giving a number for pickles? Five pickles? What is sacred about that? I know it's the number of grace, but, but I'm just not understanding, right? And I'm like, I will not order. I'm either ordering you a plant, number one, with everything, or number one, with nothing. That's how it's going to go, and you can add stuff later or take it off. Can I get an amen from any parents who understand ordering at the window. Hallelujah. So there's this thing that happens in our brains. We are not creatures that are good at complex problems. We're just not good at it. We, we don't do well with it. There was a study done in Menlo Park uh, several years ago. They, they were at a knob hill, or they call it snob hill. They had a knob hill, and they put out three jams and people came by and tried out the jams, and, and uh, when, they, when they tried it, they were, they were kind of watching and writing down, like, how many, what was the percentage of people that tried the jam that actually went and bought the jam? And so they put three out, and it was about 80 to 85% of the people who tried the jam bought the jam. So they thought, awesome, we have three, we have 12 flavors, we put three out, let's put all 12 out, and I bet that more people will buy the jam if we put more of the options out. And here's what happened. When they put all 12 flavors out, it went from 85% to less than 30% of the people who tried actually bought the jam. Now, here's the deal. You and I, the way we're built, we're not built to like sit and stare and go, man, I I really got to pick between blackberry and grape and strawberry. This is going to be tough. You know, I may come, we're, we're, it's, not, it's not easy for us to work through complex equations like that because we want it all, but we know we have a budget, and Dave Ramsey is telling us how much we can buy that day. Can I get an amen? Financial Peace University, hallelujah. And here's what Jesus does. Jesus is so good at the way he creates next for us. In fact, Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, and he says, Behold, I've set a door before you. Not doors, not hallways, not homes, not commercial building. I've set a door. No one can open it, and no one can shut it. It's that simple. Your next step is that simple. It's a yes or no. That's how easy God has made it for you. Now, the question you have to ask is, what is my next step in following Jesus? Our heart for you is that you'll discover it. And you'll be deployed into the purposes of God by saying yes to God's next for your life. And those, whatever that is, it's never, it's never hard. It's never, it may be awkward, but it's not hard. Like it's, it's awkward to, to, to drop your stick and throw your stick on the ground and in front of Pharaoh. But, but it's not hard to do that. I mean, we drop stuff all the time, right? Like releasing your fingers and throwing a stick on the ground is not hard. But doing it in obedience to God in front of Pharaoh and the stick turns into a snake It always starts with, this is kind of crazy, but then it turns into, this is kind of awesome. But it always starts with something simple that's obtainable. And he says to Abram, he says, Abram, you're going to be moving. You're going to be packing up, and you're going to be going. And the Bible says that when Abraham heard God and obeyed him, that simple faith and obedience, that, that open door, and he said yes to his next, something powerful happened. 
God's heart was connected with Abram, and he said, hey, this is my friend. This is someone I can trust, and this is someone I can endow with all my blessings. I'll bless the entire world through this man and his seed. And so God makes it that simple for you and I. In fact, when you see the ministry of Jesus, Jesus' ministry, his madness, his method was raising up people. It was never about buildings. It was never about necessarily organizations, not that being organized is a problem. People say, I don't like organized religion. I said, come to the Promise Center. We're not that organized. Uh, but um, his message and his method was simply this, to build people, to take people and, and, and invite them into their next step. So he starts off with stuff like this, like come and seek, kick the tires, uh, look under the hood, uh, test drive the car, like come and observe. And then he would turn up the dial of commitment a little bit, and he would say something like this. He'd say, follow me. Now, this would require a little bit more commitment where they'd have to leave their nets and leave some things behind, and they would follow. So he would turn up. It was just the next. Here's the next invitation. Then he would say, if you, want, if you really want to go with me, you want to be a part of this kingdom, then if you're going to follow me, you've got to take up your cross and follow me. This is your next. And so it was real simple. It wasn't like, here's 400 options. It was like, this is the next thing for you. I need you to be committed so you, you, you get to observe, and now you get to participate, and now I need you to consecrate because on Pentecost, I'm going to empower you to demonstrate the kingdom in the earth. But I'm starting you off small, and what I love about how Jesus does this, he draws us in to a higher level of commitment, one decision at a time. Isn't God good like that? Like, like he's not asking you to do something you can't do. He's just saying, this is your next because this will lead to that, which will lead to that. David was just tending his father's sheep. He was faithful in his now, and it opened the door for the next. The oil that was in uh, Samuel's horn found David. David didn't go looking for it. The next found him when he was prospering where he was planted in God's plan. He was serving his father, and his dad says, hey, go feed your brothers. Oh, the knuckleheads, those guys that make fun of me, that ignore me. Yes, go feed them. And as he's feeding them and obeying his Father, guess what? Another door. There's a Goliath. There's a giant. There's somebody threatening the people of Israel. The net, you will, God will open up your necks when you walk into and you prosper in your now. And so those doors are opening. They're opening for you. God is opening the necks for your life. And you got to be aware of it and you got to discern it. How many here's ever heard of the book of Judges? Anybody ever read the book of Judges? It's uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's the Torah. Then you got Joshua. Then you got Judges. It's basically a history book of 400 years. And it's a history of basically uh, uh, repeat and, and, and rinse over and over again. It's the children of Israel doing this. God blesses them. They forget about God. They sin. Chaos, calamity comes. They cry out to God. God has to raise up a prophet or a judge or a warrior to save them, and then they come back to God, and then God blesses them, and then they forget about God, and then they sin, and then they have calamity and crisis, and then God has to raise up a prophet. He does this 15 times, guys like Samson, uh, Deborah was one of them, Eli, Samuel, Pro I mean, uh, Gideon was one of them. These are amazing stories, but it's a big problem with these people in Israel. Why? Because they were immature. And I'll show you what immaturity looks like. Immaturity is this, is that you have to stay in crisis to stay committed. There's a lot of people who have to stay in crisis all the time to stay committed. You can't pray unless there's a problem. 
You can't stay faithful to God unless you're in some crisis because when all is going well, we forget about God. God brings his shalom into our life, shalom into our family, and we forget about him. And around the corners is calamity. I want to just tell you right now, like the way God postures, the way God postures our spiritual formation, it's not, it's not a Ferris wheel that's up and down, up and down. It shouldn't be high highs and low lows. It's moving forward. It's not kicking the ball around the field. It's moving the ball down the field and scoring the goal. The point is not to just not foul in life. It's to make goals and it's to win. Win in family, win in prayer, win in the kingdom, win in the community, win in your business, whatever it is. God has a next for you and I. It's so important to see that. So we looked at this passage and we read in, in Matthew chapter 18, and we talk about agreement. Everybody say agreement. agreement. And I want to just tell you that agreement is key to you moving forward into your next. And we read this and you've read it. We've all, you know, heard it. If we agree, if we agree. <clears throat> but when you get into the Greek, you, 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 you discover that there's something richer. And I love the Greek because you, you open the Greek and it, it opens these words. Hebrew opens these words. You know, I love the, I love the word for, <clears throat> the Hebrew word for vegetarian. Bad hunter. It's just, see, right there you understand the richness of that word in the original Hebrew. Uh, <clears throat> but in the Greek, the word agreement is this. The word is symphonia. We get the word symphony. <clears throat> we come into agreement. Now, how many here play the piano? Anybody play the piano? All right, keep your hands up. You got to be proud of that. You got some four-year-olds raising their hand. All right, how many play really good? You're really good. Everybody's very humble, except the four-year-old. <laughs> I love it. Now, here's, here's the deal about the piano, the keyboard. There are no wrong notes on this keyboard. There's no wrong notes. It's like A minor is the wrong note. There's no, they're all great notes. They're all, they're, they're all great notes. It sounds funny to say that. They're all good notes. They all have a sound. But the moment you choose your song and your key, all of a sudden there are notes that are wrong. Once you choose your song, you say, I'm going I'm to play this song in, in, in C flat. Is C flat a thing? That sounds like a right thing. I don't know. My wife's not here to correct me. Um, I think that's right. C flat. There's C flat. And all of a sudden, now that you've chosen your key, there are keys that you hit, ding, you know, like you go to the end of the year. How many went to the end of the year graduations and the eighth grade band is playing and you got the kid in the back, you got the kid in the trumpet who missed most of the practices and he's, you know, and we, we applaud them because they're amazing, but they hit that wrong note and you're just, everyone's dodging that, right? And you can, you can hear it because it's not, it's not in symphony, it's, it's not in harmony, it's not in unison. And when, when Jesus talks about agreement, like, we got to up our agreement. we got to say, like, we've got to, if we're going to make a difference in our homes, in our lives, in our church, in our community, we've got to do what Jesus is asking us to do, and that is come into real symphony or symphonia, which means this. I'll give you an example. At the end of every service, we have people who come up, an amazing team uh, that leads us in prayer, and uh, we have so many people in this house who who just believe God for big things. We always believe God for one size too big, right? Like we're all, our faith is always expanding. But we have people in this house, at the end of the service, we'll pray for you. We've seen miracles. We've seen God touch lives, uh, transform hearts, touch, uh, actually do physical healings. It's, it's, it's amazing what God will do if we'll trust him. But here, here's the point. Here's, here's what a, agreement looks like. If you come forward for prayer and you say, hey, can you pray for me? I'm, I'm sick. Well, in your heart, you may be thinking, 
I'm going to get the surgery, and I'm just praying that God will bless the hands of the surgeon, and I will heal quickly. But the person who's praying for you may be praying, God, immediately heal them right now. We're not in agreement. You're in, you're in A flat, and we're in C minor, and we're not in symphony. Now, one's not wrong, and one's not right. It's just when we agree, that's where the power is. That's why we have to communicate so we can come into agreement together and stand on that agreement. So whether it's my wife and I leading our family, we have to communicate over coffee, sometimes three or four cups, and uh, talk about what is the vision of the house. And we want to get on the same page and hear the same key. Why? Because if our vision is aligned and we're in agreement, that's where the power is. And a lot of people are operating, operating in multi-vision, so we have division, we have more than one vision, and therefore there's no agreement, and therefore there's no power on earth in your life. You've got to come into agreement with the vision God's put on your life. You've got to come into agreement with the vision God's put over your family. You've got to come into agreement. You've got to speak it. You've got to write the vision. You've got to create goals around the vision. We do it here at the Promise Center. We have a vision to reach people who are far from God, to help them follow Him fully. And we turn it into goals, next steps. That's why we have a next step card. Are those all the next steps that there are in the world? No, but we create the easy, obvious ones, so it's easy and obvious, and there's on-ramps into water baptism and getting into a small group to learn about the Bible and the fundamentals of Christianity, whatever, whatever. We want to create easy access into next steps. And when we come into agreement together, all of a sudden something powerful happens. So are you in agreement? Is there agreement in your home? Is there agreement in your heart? Is there agreement in your heart with the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you? Because if there's not, the sound that comes out of your life is not going to be Symphonic, it's not going to be a symphony. It's going to be a cacophony. It's going to be a noise. It's going to be something that is off. And we're going to be like, something's off. What he says and what he does, what she thinks and how she acts, it's, there's something that's not in agreement. There's a duplicity. And whenever your intentions and your actions align, when your faith and your obedience aligns, that's where the power is. It all is steeped in this simple thing called agreement. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, and say, agreement. <clears throat> when Jesus dials, turns the dial up of commitment, there's this uh, simple principle. It says this. It says, if you're going to buy the treasure that's in the field, you have to sell your stuff. It's a sellout if you want to buy in. You can't buy in without selling out. That means if I'm going to pass from into the next, I have to leave something. Something's going to be left behind. I have to move from this to that. Can I get an amen? Like it's, it's, it's part of the, the condition of moving forward is that there are things that you have to move from, away from. It's just part of the, the next step process. So every decision of you moving forward in your life is not just you saying yes to something, it's you saying no to a lot of other things. And this really becomes the tie that we have to break, the things that we have to break in our life that tie us to something, an idea, a stronghold, a mindset. God wants to renew that. God wants to take you to the new 
And it's not just about a new place, it's about a new you, because there's a new you waiting in the next. And God's not just taking uh, caterpillars and turning them into faster caterpillars. He's taking caterpillars and turning them into butterflies, and it's about a change, a transformation that's happening inside of you. That's what we get to see here every week. We get to see it in small groups. We get to see it in leadership. We get to see it in our teams. We get to see it on Sundays. We get to see people's hearts literally be radically transformed and changed. And that's the beauty of faith community. It's about spiritual formation. How many here um, like to buy gifts for people? Your, your love language is gifts. Anybody? Anybody? All right. We've got about a fourth. That's, that's pretty good. All right. There's five love languages. All right. So we'll, we'll work with that. So I'm not a gift giver. I don't like do good at that. I have to work at it really hard. I have to get my community involved in that for Mother's Day, Valentine's, birthdays, holidays, anniversaries, because seven years ago when I gave my wife um, a vacuum for, for Valentine's, I, I, she still brings it up. It's still something that like the Lord's working in our hearts about. So I need help in these areas, but we'll get, I'll get the kids a gift, right? And like a remote control something, and they open up, they're all excited, and then they go to use it because they can't wait, right? They got to use it right now, and then you hear these words that will destroy the moment, which is batteries not included. And who, who has D batteries just lying around? I don't have D batteries lying around. I don't have C battery. I got a bunch of A's, double A's, triple A's, but no C and D. So you got to go. Why? Because like, and, and here's what we do. I don't know if you've ever done this. I did. I, I tried this with Josh when he was just little. I was like, oh, this thing's going to take a C. I know it's a D, but we're going to rig this thing and make the C work in Jesus' name. I'm no electrician, but I know I can do this by faith. And it didn't work, and I had to go to the store, all right? But the point is this. If it asks for four D batteries, guess what? Two doesn't work, one doesn't work, three doesn't work. What's required? Four. And next steps are not about, yeah, I'll put one foot in and keep one foot out. A next step is this adventure of going, I don't know what it looks like, I don't know what it's going to feel like, but I'm going to say yes to the unknown like Abram and step into the new. I'm going all in. And I want to just encourage you in this summer time when it's easy to glide, it's easy to coast. We don't just go through summer. We're asking you to grow through this summer. Lean into groups. Lean into community. Lean into serving. Lean into your daily devotions. Get that holy habit of prayer in the morning back. Let's lean in. Let's hear what God is saying because God is opening doors that no man can open and no man can close. And he's calling us into our next as a church and as a family and as individuals. Amen? Okay, I'm going to close with this story in Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, there, there's so many dynamics here that are happening. And I just feel like uh, when you see the story of Paul, Paul is one of these guys, he's a, he's a, he's a green light guy. He, he will go, he will go, he will go until God says no. He just believes that God's a, a God of the yes, because we all see God as a God of no. We're, we're asking for permission to pray. We're asking for permission to, to, to do anything. God's like, yes, this, yes, 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 and I'll give you the green light when you need it. So this is where Paul is. Paul, in Acts chapter 16, is like, I want to go to Asia. I want to go to Asia. I want to go to Asia. And the Bible says, in, in Acts 16 and 6, says this, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region, uh, uh, Phrygia and Galatia. 
And having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bethnia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So here's what I want you to see. Paul's wanting to go this way. Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 no. And finally, God gives him a dream, and he says, you're going to go this way, Macedonia. He's like, okay. And here's what's really cool. After, the, in the next couple chapters, he's going to go to Philippi. He's going to go to Ephesus. There's going to be this revival. Tons of people come to know the Lord. And the Bible says, through this revival, all of Asia heard the word. So he didn't get to do what he wanted, but what he wanted for Asia happened because he obeyed God and went the way that God asked him to go. That's pretty cool. So here's the next. Paul, here's your next. Well, what is it going to look like? All I know is I got to go to Macedonia. I'm, I, I got to go. I got to go west, not east. And so he gets there, and we won't read it for the sake of time. He gets there, and this is what happens. He hears a bunch of people down by the river, and he hears them talking and philosophizing and talking about scripture and talking about God and talking about is there a God? And he goes down there and he begins to talk. And while he's talking, some people start to believe his message about Jesus and a lady named Lydia who was a lady who was wealthy, who sold purple because purple was like, like um, gluten-free today. It was something very special and unique and you had to ask for it and pay a little bit more for it. And she's selling, uh, you know, gluten-free purple and she's very affluent and she has some questions for Paul. She's an erudite. She's a thinker. She's a go-getter. She goes, what does this mean? cause? Is there a God? Da, 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 da. And they have this conversation. Her heart, her heart opens. She goes, you, you answer my questions. I believe. And if you believe that I believe, will, will you come to my house? You and your entourage, will you, will you guys come? Because I'm wealthy. I got a big mansion. And they're like, fine, we'll do it. So listening to God, going to Macedonia, led to meeting Lydia, which led to them following her, which led to the next, a girl who was a slave. In fact, she wasn't just a slave. The Bible says she was possessed by a pneuma pythona is the word, a spirit of python. It's a spirit that would wrap around you and just crush the life out of you, take the the breath of God out of you. She was not only in the natural uh, enslaved, but in the spiritual, she was enslaved. Now, she was the complete opposite of Lydia. Lydia had freedom. She had liberty. She was a powerful person. This, this, this slave girl is completely incarcerated by other men, by, by people trying to control her life, not only physical but spiritual. And so what she needed was totally different than what Lydia needed. Lydia needed a reasonable answer. And this woman didn't need like, hey, so, uh, you know, everything that's cause has, uh, has a cause and there's a, a first cause and there has to be a causal agent that causes the first cause. And it wasn't apologetics for this girl. This girl's not thinking in those terms. She's thinking, she's thinking, I'm bound. I'm a slave. I'm broken. I need help. I need healing. I need deliverance. And she's following them and she, Paul turns and says, in the name of Jesus, be free. And she, That chain is broken, and she's freed. So not just reason, but the power of God. Power of God hits her. Power of God hits that area. But guess what? That leads to the people who owned her were like, "Uh, you're messing up our business, man. 
So they go to the officials. They go, hey, this is a Jew, and he's not doing Roman things. He should be doing Roman things, and you need to lock him up. So they take him, and they flog them. They beat them and throw them into prison. So going to Macedonia on their way, go to Philippi, meet Lydia, which leads to meeting the girl that's a slave, which leads to them going to prison. That was the next and while they're there, they could have been like, God, why? We obeyed you, and this is tough, and this is hard, and this is unfair. You know what they did? They sang. They're literally bound up, and they're singing. They're like, all right, if this is the next, great. And as they're singing, an earthquake comes, and the jail doors are open, and all, this, all the chains and all the fetters break off, and the man, the jailer who's watching him, he has one job. He wakes up in the morning, and this is what he knows he has to do. Keep the people who are in jail in jail. He's like, okay, people are leaving. I'm in trouble. I'm going to kill myself. Crisis and calamity comes. He doesn't need apologetics. He's not got some evil spirit that he's stepped into, but calamity and tragedy has come, and Paul is there to give him hope and to teach him about Jesus. This led to that, which led to him going to his home, which led to him starting a church in the city, which led to a revival that would spread all through Asia. Here's the point. This will always lead to that. The next is just you stumbling into God's best. When you say yes to one thing, then you'll step into the next opportunity to say yes to the next thing. Don't worry about the future. Just step through the door that God has for you today. That's it. That is faith 101, period. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? We're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we honor you today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that it abides with us and in us. I pray that you give us courage as individuals and as an assembly to say yes to the next. A year of transformation, a summer of deliverance, salvation. You're doing some new things, God. And I just want to say yes to whatever it is that you're asking me to say yes to. Because this could lead to that, which could lead to that, which could lead to the breakthrough I've been hoping for and praying for. I want to come into agreement with your plan for my life. I want to come into agreement with your goodness for my life. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring together in, in sync. We would, we would hear the symphony of the vision you have for this community so we can make a difference. We say bigger is not better, smaller is not better, just better is better. What does community look like? It looks like the community. It's diverse. It's powerful, it's full of opinion and strength, but it's united. We're united around a vision. We're united around this mantra to love God and to love people and to choose joy and to pursue excellence in everything we do. We prosper where we're planted in the season we're in till you open the door and we walk through that door, Lord, walking into our next just believe it. I believe it for somebody in this room. You're at the precipice of something new and real for your life, but it's going to take simple faith 
and obedience to say yes. Yes to the next. If you're here today, no one's looking around. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're here today and maybe you're like Lydia, you've just had some philosophical, theological questions and you just needed reasonable answers. Or maybe you're like the slave girl who there's some bondage on your life. There's some things that you picked up. You, you stepped into darkness and darkness stepped into you and, and you don't know how to shake it. Or maybe you're like the jailer who calamity and crisis comes and you're like, I don't have any hope. I, don't, I can't see past my nose. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring because this has devastated my life. I want to tell you, if you're here and that's you, Jesus is your next step. Crying out, calling out to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, is your first step. Let's pray that prayer together. Lord Jesus, we open our hearts to you right now. You're the alpha, you're the beginning, and you're the end. You're the, you're the beginning of the journey, and you're the end. You're the destination. It starts with you, and it ends with you. I trust you, Lord. I put my faith in you. I open my heart to you. I give you permission to speak into my heart. I give you permission to lead and guide my life. I give you permission, Lord, when I get off course to, 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 to amplify and to highlight the areas that, that I need direction and correction and protection. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that you be my Lord and Savior, the Lord of my life. My maker becomes my master. My life will not be defined anymore by what has happened to me, but what has happened for me. 2,000 years ago, Christ died for me, and now my life is defined by that moment, by that experience, and I'll never be the same. Would you say that with me? I'll never be the same. Say that with me. I'm moving forward, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's clap our hands to heaven. Come on, would you stand to your feet and sing with us one more time? Thank you.